I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Hope you're doing well. I think I should start all my programs by saying, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, because I love that line from Disney, and they are ditching it. But we're not talking about that today. Uh, we're going to talk. Actually, that kind of could kind of tie in because we're talking about, uh, you know, your life and and what do you do if you don't like your life? Uh, what do you do if it's not everything that you planned on it being? I think anybody who's of a at some point uh, of a certain age, you kind of look back and go, didn't think, didn't think it's going to be this. Maybe it's better. Maybe it's not what you wanted. What do you do with that? Well, today's guest uh, addresses that uh, in a new book, and it is called Embrace Your Life. Looks just like that. It's available now. Elizabeth Woodson is the author, and she's uh, she's been around town here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at some uh, really great churches with Dr. Tony Evans. Uh, as well as Matt Chandler, so friends of the ministry. So I'm excited to have her on. Elizabeth, welcome to Life Today Live. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Randy. So I'm curious about this one because um, it it kind of implies that uh, maybe, I don't know, is it it expectations that we have on ourselves that we don't meet, or is it the fact that uh, sometimes life just doesn't pan out the way you want it to? Yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit of both, that we have hopes for how our life will turn out. And sometimes they're really good hopes. You know, we hope to get married or we hope to have good health or that life will just be easy, um, not full of difficulty. And as we know, sometimes that just doesn't happen. Um, And so the question is, like, what do we do? Like, what do we do when the things that we have in our hands aren't really what we want? And so I think about uh, worked in ministry, like you said, at two different churches in the Dallas area. And just the people that walked in my office and would sit in this chair that mm. I would have and they come and they're sharing their stories. And they're like, Elizabeth, whether it's mental illness, whether it's struggles in their marriage, their finances, or just they're disappointed. Maybe they don't have the friends that they want to. And they're like, Elizabeth, what do I do? How do I live this life? And so just through those conversations and then my own personal journey, you know, the Lord, I believe, birthed just some wisdom to help people deal with the things that we don't always want to carry. Okay. Well, I, I want people to hear that. Tell us about your own personal journey? Yeah. So I am a single in my late thirties, never married. And marriage has always been on my prayer list for the Lord. And it just is not a prayer request that he's answered in the affirmative. And I tell people, by the time you get to be 30 and single, you kind of got to figure it out um, Mm -hmm. and figure out the question. What if I don't get married? What if I don't have children? Um, And those aren't always easy questions to answer, but I wanted to be a person who didn't just limp through life. Um, I think I saw two different groups of people and people who get stuck and they don't move forward and the tape just keeps playing over and over again. But then people who thrive, they said, hey, the Lord hasn't given me the answers to my prayers. I still pray with hope, but I am going to live the life he's given me. And so that process was not easy, um, but years of just surrendering to the Lord. uh, The Lord, I think, just gave me some really deep joy. Um, But it is through that. He hasn't answered it yet. I'm still praying, but I'm still living too. For what he's given me you know i i like i like how you put that because uh i think us humans have a tendency to say i'll be happy when yeah and or i'll be even i'll be whole when i get married you know or 
whatever. And that's really not what we're called to. We're, we're called to, to joy right now in whatever situation we're in and to wholeness. Uh, you know, be, be perfect as my father is perfect, as Jesus is perfect, as, is an idea not of, of us overcoming sin to the point where we never miss anything at all, but it's an idea of be whole, be whole. Uh, how's that working out for you? You know, it is, it has been a journey and I like to tell people that because it doesn't mean that every day is great. Um, but I am really thankful for the season God has given me and the people that he's allowed me to get to know and do ministry with. And so what I like to do is say, okay, Lord, you haven't given me this, but what have you given me? Um, and you've given me a lot of freedom. You've given me a lot of independence to be able to minister to people, to be able to write, to be able to just to spend time, uh, in the simple things and just traveling different places, being with my parents mm. um, and they are getting older. And so for me, it is, it is how can I cultivate gratitude? And these are things I do every day of Lord, what have you given me? Mm -hmm. And so again, it's not every day it's great, but the Lord has blessed me in some big ways. And I think at this point in my life, I'm learning to see that more clearly and live in that fruitfulness. That is a huge step in, in life. Uh, because we can always look at what we don't have. We can always look at the negatives in our life and we can, we can let those really control our emotions, which then control our actions and our words, which then controls our life. Uh, it, or we can do just what you're doing, which is to say, not, not to gloss over everything, but to say, you know what, I'm going to appreciate things I, I do have and the good in my life. And you, let those control your emotions and your words and your actions, which actually, when you focus on the good, it just gets better, right? Um, yeah. What, what, what do you see? Because I, I know you, you know people who don't live like this, yeah. and you're like, that's probably why you're at the book, right? <laughs> you know. What, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are the fruits of? living this way really and it's saying i'm going to focus on like paul says whatever's good whatever's lovely whatever's right yeah. you know you know I, I think life always throws us um kind of this little bit of longing um and and i think we think it's going to go away and then i'll have a season without it um and the truth is whatever season of life we're in, we'll have something that we have discontent for. Mm. And so what I see people do is they try to fix it with all the coping mechanisms that the world makes available to us. So whether it is, you know, I think even about the past few years and we are all trying to figure out the pandemic and what it has meant for us individually. You know, I know a lot of folks who have a lot of Amazon Prime boxes outside their door, <laughs> myself included. <laughs> and, you know, at some point you got to ask yourself, do I need all these things or am I trying to numb something else that's going on in my life? Mm. Um, or it could be any number of different habits that we use that the world might co-sign on or maybe not. And the thing is they never satisfy. And I think that's where I got to in my life is that with all these other things that you might be doing or the ways in which you're trying to fix and force something to happen, it's not working. And the only thing that scripture tells us that works is when we present our pain to the Lord and we work with him through it. And so I see people just hitting dead ends and I wanted to provide them a way out. Cause it's like, okay, what do I do? We do have something we can do with our pain um, and something really healthy and really fruitful. And that's what I wanted to give people. Cause that's what I needed myself. Yeah. So a little bit of what I hear and I don't, I don't see this in your book. Maybe it is, but a little bit of this sort of is identity. 
And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious how you look at yourself. Yeah. You know, a big part for me in how I view my identity just relates to what we see in, in Genesis. It's this idea that we're image bearers mm -hmm. and we're image bearers that have been given this task to really help the world be fruitful, to step into the darkness and bring light, to step into the brokenness and bring healing, bringing the gospel, the truth of Jesus. And so for me, that means every day I put my feet on the floor that I got work to do. And it could be as simple as engaging with someone when I'm, you know, picking up my groceries or, you know, it's the work I do at the church or it's writing or it's any number of things, but that God has given a task to his people of helping rebuild this world um, to fight against the darkness that exists. And so for me, it was my identity can't be in things that are fleeting. They can't be in things that come and then may leave. So even with singleness, if I do get married, there may be a season where my marriage doesn't look like the way I want it to. <laughs> I'm dealing with something that he's like, ah. <laughs> you know, or I'm single again for whatever reason. And so, again, it is what doesn't change and what is always steady. And that is, okay, Lord, you've created me. You created me in your image and you've given me something to do. And that how can I ground myself in that identity and not other things that are good, but not sufficient. Yeah, my wife and I were reflecting on some things um, due to some children that I don't want to call out. But, you know, having some relationship things are working through, not not any major crisis or anything, but just things. And we're, we're, my wife and I are hitting 31 years this year, okay. uh, just a couple months. Uh, and and I said to her, I said, you know, I I remember times where I didn't treat you right or I was mm -hmm. petty and, and all these kinds of things. And you 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 look back and you go why why if i could tell my younger i would slap my younger self i would give him a good will smith pop on the face and say <laughs> that ain't the way you're supposed to act young man you know um because we're we're like that but it is a growth process yeah. uh and and you talk about people being stuck um i think part of embracing your life um is embracing the growth and the change yeah. and, and learning yeah that's a, it's a journey. And I think we don't always give ourselves grace. Uh, we don't give ourselves grace with the bad days, mm. uh, but also that every day is not going to be hard. And every day is going to be, we're a little bit better than we were the day before. Uh, I think comparison also, we struggle with this. Hey, I'm not where this person is. Right. So then that kind of adds to the difficulty that we carry, but it just is the Lord never promised us that life would be easy. He promises that he'd be with us in it. And so that we give ourselves grace when, okay, this is hard, but Lord, you're going to give me what I need today. In this moment, I don't need to worry about tomorrow. I worry about this moment that I'm in. And that has helped me a lot because it just is, again, it's not perfect. And we try to hit for perfection and perfection doesn't exist. But how can I grow and try to be better one day at a time? Yeah, and that's so, that's so true. All right, now. Here's my curveball question, <laughs> just just to warn you. Uh, um, so, I mean, I heard I heard a little bit. I think of uh, Tony Evans' Kingdom Calling in in some of what you're saying there. So, I, I like that. Um, but you and I both know, and I'm not pinning this on on the Evans at all. You and I both know that there um, are those who spend a lot of time in the church trying to uh oh, and this is tough because i don't i don't i want i don't want to sound wrong and so god give me the grace to say this in the right way um sometimes we measure ourselves by what 
we want from God, but we don't have yet. And so we, you know, we, we want to have the faith for better things, but that almost becomes a denial of where we're at. Yeah. And I hear you saying, look, I'm going to admit where I'm at and I'm, I'm even going to admit when things aren't perfect and things are tough because I know God is with me and I'm going to embrace the process that he's taking me through as opposed to, uh, kind of ignoring the reality because yeah. I'm a person of faith. Am I, yeah. Is that making sense? Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> uh, we faith the gift that we have from the lord the grace that god gives us to believe and trust um doesn't mean that we won't have difficulty i think we think sometimes things things are mutually exclusive so because i have faith i won't have difficulty mm-hmm. if i was a better christian bad things wouldn't happen to me um so, i shouldn't doubt i shouldn't ask god questions or i shouldn't be angry like sometimes things happen and we're just really angry and sometimes we're angry at god and we think I shouldn't, that makes me a bad Christian. And it doesn't, it just makes you human. <laughs> and what we see through scripture are a lot of ordinary people who share a lot of emotion and do things that we might, from our perspective, because we know the full story, say, why would they do that? Why would they doubt God? Why would they make this bad decision? And it's like, they're like us trying mm. to figure out what it means to walk in this world. Mm. But you see people, like I think about Abraham, right? You read about Abraham's life. Abraham is counted as a man that's faithful and righteous. <laughs> Abraham does some messed up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. You know, and so it, it is, there is grace for us to be in process. Yeah. And I believe that that's a healthy place when we can't acknowledge the complexities of life or acknowledge that I'm a Christian that has questions that are really hard to answer and I'm in process with those questions, then we miss something about the beauty of who our God is because he meets us there. He doesn't ask us to pretty it all up before we come to him. He knows we're broken and he provides a way for us to be in relationship with him in the midst of that brokenness. Yeah. You're again, hundred percent right. You know, the interesting thing about anger, is, is the Bible doesn't say don't be angry. It says be angry, but don't sin. And I think, I mean, there's lots of different ways you can sin out of anger, but I think a little bit, maybe the core of that is when we do what Adam and Eve tried to do with theirs, which is hide it from God. And I think if we're feeling angry, I think the best thing we can do is, is take it to him. Even if we kind of angry at him, you know, um, take it to him because he will work it out. He will take, even if it's wrong in our lives, he will take that bad and make it work for good if, if we just love him, you know, um, and yeah. trust him. That's the biggest thing. Trust him. All right. We're, we're talking to Elizabeth Woodson. This is her book, Embrace Your Life, available now. Um, and by the way, I've gotten some criticism lately. Why does, why does everybody have a book? Well, that's because they've put a lot of deep thought into a topic, and that's why I like to have them on and talk about it. And if you want to go further than this, you know, half hour discussion, there's your resource, but uh, you're getting a lot of good free right here. Uh, and Elizabeth is pouring it out in droves. Good, good, good content. I want to get back to some of the things from the book. You mentioned Abraham, but you also in the book talk about Joshua. Yeah. What did you learn from his life? Now, Joshua, for me, again, I just really love the Old Testament because it's just ordinary people trying to follow the Lord. And you read about Joshua. He shows up before the book that bears his name. Um, but at that moment in the book of Joshua, the first few cha- first few verses is a huge moment of transition for him. And so he is about to lead Israel across the uh, 
the Jordan River into the land of Canaan, which is a promise fulfilled that they've been waiting on for generations. This is huge. It's a huge moment. But at the same moment, Moses has died. And so you have a man that's supposed to move forward in faith, but he's also experiencing in his humanity um, deep loss. And so for me, that's always been a point of inspiration because of what God tells him in that moment. And God just gives him space to deal with his pain. Deuteronomy 34, you see that he lamented, Israel lamented, but he also just makes, reaffirms all these promises. Like, I'm gonna be with you. I need you to walk Mm -hmm. forward in courage. Mm -hmm. You have a big calling on your life. And so it's this tension space of, he was going through something really heavy but still move forward. And so how do I do that myself? Like, how do I take the suffering that I have or the longing that I have and still move forward? And so look into what God said to Joshua and seeing how that applies to me, but really all of us. Yeah, that's good. Um, You're probably not old enough to know who Irma Bombeck is, but Judy up in Canada says that that you're a reminder of Irma Bombeck, and that's a compliment, by the way. Okay. Old newspaper columnist that used to just drop wisdom in, in her columns. Uh, and so that's good because what we're hearing today is is really good. Let's look, I want to look at this from the other side for just a second. Um, because yes, while we we should find the joy for today, we, we should uh, embrace the moment. Uh, that's not an excuse uh, for not improving. Right. How do we balance the idea of accepting where I'm at, but not staying, like you, you talk about it being a process, not staying there. Because because I think there is something that is incumbent on us if we want to work out our salvation, right? And, and actually right. put put feet to our prayers at times. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think what we see through scripture is just evidence of that tension, right? That God does a work in us, he's gonna help us, but he's not necessarily gonna drag us <laughs> into a place of um, health and healing, that he provides the help for us, the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, the word, community, but we have to actually open our Bibles. We actually have to show up to the spaces of community that we have with faith. We have to actually move forward even when our feelings don't match up. Right? There are moments that we know that God is good. We know he's gracious. We know he provides, but it does not feel like that. It feels like the total opposite. And faith will say, keep walking, even when your feelings don't match up. And what we see in scripture also is this responsibility that we don't live just for ourselves. That me showing up matters for the people around me, whether it's just my family, it's my coworkers, it's my classmates, it's the folks in my community. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, God decided that he wanted to do his work outside the salvific work of Jesus, like to bring healing and into uh, broken spaces through us. Yeah. So when we don't show up, we're missing out on the work that we've been called to do. And that takes maturity. That takes time. That takes that's the process. But it is it's not just about me. And that even though I don't have whatever I wish I had, I still have good things. Mm -hmm. And God is calling me not just to sit in that. And and in some sense, we can be selfish and hold Mm -hmm. on to all that God has given us. He calls us to share and to show up for other people. And so it's that balance of when God brings our eyes to see, oh, I need to show up because my neighbor needs me to do that. Mm -hmm. Or my spouse or my kids or my family members or friends, whoever. Um, But it is that... uh, He's not going to drag us there. Mm. He's just going to provide the door for us to walk through to get there. Yeah, 
Uh, I, I like it. Like it a lot. Um, I'm curious as, uh, you know, you, you've been involved in a lot of different churches, um, and feel free to mention the one you're at now for anybody that might be in the Arlington area. Um, what are you seeing? What have you seen over the last year or two? Because it's been, I don't know, to me it's felt like a weird time in our country anyway, and in some ways the world, obviously, with the global pandemic, um, and even the instability politically at times. Um, just curious what you're, what you're experiencing. What are, what are people going through? Yeah, I think a lot of people are confused. Um <laughs> You know, they've dealt with things that were unexpected. We realized that we're not in control in ways that maybe we didn't fully understand before. Mm. And so it's this, uh, Lord, God, what's kind of happening? What are we, what's going on in the world? But then it's also a, a deep disappointment with other brothers and sisters in the faith. Oh. So we've had some really volatile issues pop up on the front of our culture's uh, front stage. And... I think many people are disappointed maybe in themselves, but other people are like, man, I didn't expect them to say that, to post that, to believe that. Mm-hmm. And so how do we learn how to do, you know, my, um, the big word probably would be theological triage, but it's just, how do we learn to think critically about what we believe? How do we learn to, uh, what are the essentials and what can we agree to disagree on? And that as scripture calls us to unity, scripture calls us to oneness. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we push through that? And so I think I think I see those things with people, of people seeing a problem, not knowing how to get to where they need to be, not knowing how to think about their faith, and then not knowing, okay, I disagree with this person. How do I love them? How do I still care for them? How do I still have a conversation with them mm-hmm. that pushes towards unity? And that's not easy. No. And to me, that's what a lot of people are talking about and wondering about, whether it is publicly on social media or just privately at the dinner table, those are the conversations that people are having yeah and it's interesting because oneness is not sameness like this thumb very different than than this finger this this finger a little broken actually i think i broke it recently (laughs) you know but all one one when we come together i'm I'm, do you want to crack any of those topics open that you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) i do not randy (laughs) you know because i'm good with it i will have any conversation graciously yeah you know it is what I've learned is that we don't all think the same. And so we can assume that the people that even that we're in small group with or in home group with think exactly like us. And so we'll make comments like that and we will um, make assumptions. And it is to be people of grace and to be people who learn that the policies that we're dealing with when it comes to government, how do we care for a, a country, are all those things are really complicated. Um, and that we understand through our faith that, okay, Lord, give me the grace to see clearly, to understand the com- complexity and keep the main thing, the main thing, yeah. which is loving God and loving people. Like those two things can never waver um, in how we deal with what's happening in the world. Um, but it is, it's, everybody doesn't agree. And uh, we're learning how to deal with that in our day and time. Yeah. And we're not going to, and that's okay. No. Um, mm. uh, but like you said, I mean, and we're not just called love our friends this way love your enemies i mean it's yeah. like you, we know that scripture we know that commandment but then it's, we just don't want to do it we go wait a minute they don't think like us they maybe they're against me what do i do yeah. with them love them you yeah. know uh so it's it's definitely a tough one all right elizabeth um good conversation i appreciate this um what do you want people to walk away with uh when they hear you when they read your book 
uh, maybe when they encounter you in the grocery store on the streets, right? What, what do you want people to walk away with that they maybe didn't have before they had a little conversation with Elizabeth? Yeah, I want people, when they read my book, when they interact with me, to feel seen and heard. So even the way that I wrote it, I tried to make it as if we're just having a conversation at a coffee shop and I'm sharing my story and mm. encouraging you and your walk um, because I want people to know that there's a friend out there that believes that there's hope, even if they don't believe that there's hope. There's always hope. Uh, and so no matter how hard things get, no matter how, uh, whatever unanswered prayer you might have, that our God is always good, he's always working and there's always hope. And I want people to know that and the people to know that they have a life that's worth living, that yeah. they matter um, and God has something for them to do. And sometimes they're like, there's nothing for me to do out here. It doesn't matter if I don't show up. It does. Mm. We need you to show up. Um, and that your life is beautiful because you have hope in Christ. And that's not a sugary, sweet Christianese. That's truth that we hold on to in the seasons that are good and the seasons that are hard. Um, but I want people to know there's always hope. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's you, you, you poke at the idea that that's just Christianese. But what's funny is right now, people that have lost that sense are really in despair. Yeah. And I think you see, well, when you, when, when that's absent, it works bad things in people's lives yeah. and we, we want good things in people's lives. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I got to ask you real quick. You're, you're speaking at a, uh, the gospel coalition thing coming up this summer. Yeah. Speaking of the gospel coalition women's conference in June, it's in Indianapolis. Be great time. Just a lot of just wonderful speakers. I'll be doing a session on my book, but also a session with Jen Wilkin talking about how we teach for retention. So helping train ministry leaders to teach the Bible well. Cool. And you can check that out at the Gospel Coalition's uh, website. I'm sure they'll have all sorts of announcements. Yeah. And probably, I mean, if you know this, please tell us, but probably they will have a way for people to be involved at some level virtually. Or do, do you know yeah. if they're doing that? Mm -hmm. They are? Yep. It's both in person and virtual. Oh, there you go. So you, you can get more of Elizabeth and a lot of other great speakers mm -hmm. this summer. So that that's a cool thing. I love all the stuff that's happening where people can be involved wherever they're at. I think it's helping in a lot of ways. So. One good thing out of COVID right there, <laughs> right? <laughs> Again, thank you, Elizabeth. Appreciate you. Appreciate your message and your work. And appreciate your time on Life Today Live. Thank you. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Come back. There's more. Check out Elizabeth's book. Uh, and uh, we just got lots of good stuff for you. So glad you're being a part. Hit share, hit like, hit follow, hit subscribe. Come back next time for Life Today Live. You're about to ask big. I'm believing God for favor in my life above all that I can ask.